Hello, I'm Colin Lowe, and welcome to the Suffolk Money Podcast, supported by Kingsfleet. For this latest episode, we're going to deal with a subject that is very close to my heart, and that is walking. And I'm not alone in seeing the value of a good stroll. As the philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche put it, all truly great thoughts are conceived while walking. I might add, I think you could also add running to that personally. So it's timely that this Saturday sees the launch of the Suffolk Walking Festival. It runs, if you pardon the pun, for two weeks and is one of the largest in the country. To find out more, my colleague Leslie Dolphin laced up her walking boots and went for a stroll with festival director David Falk. So this is lovely, David, a a chance to come out. We're on the banks of the Deben. Tell me about the Walking Festival. Well, um, the festival began way back in 2008 uh, and it started life as quite a small event. It was called the Heart of Suffolk Walking Festival. So that was just in the the districts of Baber and Mid-Suffolk. And what happened, the tourists... Or is a train? That's the train. <laughs> just, just leaving or just arriving at the station in Woodbridge. <laughs> That's the East Suffolk Lines heading off now, off to Lower Stoff. Um, yeah, so it started life in 2008 as the Heart of Suffolk Festival in Baber and Mid Suffolk, so in the middle part of Suffolk. And then in 2010, it grew and it grew and it grew. 2010, it became the Suffolk Walking Festival. 2012, we introduced something called the Challenge Walk. 2018, we introduced a fringe festival and it's just grown every year actually so it's that's what the festival is this year we've got 71 walks over two weeks from the 13th of may onwards so uh it's just going from sort of sort of success to success i'm honored to be a patron because uh, a few years ago we did a we did a 60 mile walk between us didn't we so we did we did and, and we were so pleased to have you as our patron leslie and i mean that really genuinely it's it's just brilliant and the work that you've done in the past for us and to keep doing and the work that the bbc have done for us in the past as well to promote the festival i think that's all helped to to make it successful but yeah we did do a we did a bit of a walk just a bit of a, a 24-hour <laughs> walk the, the lovely thing about the walking festival and i remember it when it was the heart of suffolk and thought what a brilliant idea because we don't always walk on our doorstep Sometimes you may be on your own and you want to go for a walk, but you don't feel, you know, you feel yes. a bit... So this fills all of those sort of briefs, doesn't it? There are short walks, there are long walks, there are walks with other people, there are exactly. walks for people who just want to stroll, walks for people who like a stomp. Exactly. So we, we try and have something for everyone. And actually within the programme, we, we try and vary it day by day. So every day there'll be a short walk, a medium walk and a long walk. There might be an urban walk, there might be a very rural walk. So we try and vary the programme in a way that there's something for everyone pretty much every day and sometimes we have we repeat walks so we might have one that's at a weekend and we know people are off at the weekend so they can attend but we might also have it midweek for those people who are free midweek so we try and mix it up quite a lot so yeah we try and we do our best to have something for everyone in fact this year we've even got a walk specially designed for people um who are wheelchair users so we've got a special walk at broxted estate which is over near newmarket and specifically for wheelchair users and the carers we've not done that before so that's a nice new one that we're doing now we've we've brought my dog and i know that dogs can come for walks but we're gonna to have to stop because i've brought my poo bags with me so, <laughs> so you hold the microphone <laughs> tell me a bit about tell me a bit about you as well has walking always been part of your life yeah i i love walking it, it really has um i've been lucky enough to travel a little bit around uh, the globe uh, to various places um the himalayas and patagonia and the 
the, in the Alps uh, and also up to um, into the Rockies. I lived for a short while in New England, in New Hampshire, so I was able to um, go hiking there. I lived sort of just on the edge of an area called the White Mountains of New Hampshire, which is just stunning, stunning, stunning area. Uh, they've got a mountain range there, which is called the Presidential Range. I used to go jogging around the mountains and oh. running and stuff. I used to love all that. So I've always loved the outdoors um, and I've always loved out walking, although I must say over, over the years, and I'm not old, I'm only mid-50s, but um, I, I, I found more pleasure in slow walking than in doing a major hike. I, I have found that. I, when I was younger, I wanted always, you know, to get to the top of the mountain or, or, or do X many miles. But now I find I really enjoy just being out. And it may be just doing two miles in a whole day, but just being in the environment is, is just fantastic. It's very handy to have you holding your own microphone yeah, as well while clearing up after the dog. And, and we're, so just tell me about this walk here. It isn't part of the festival, but your job involves uh, uh, sort of yeah. walks around the county as this, well, doesn't it? This is a really special spot. I mean, we're, we're standing here looking out across the Deben estuary. Uh, the, what the, was the bird? I, I know, I just looked around. I think there was a coot. Just, or a moorhead squawking. squawking behind yeah, us yeah. Um, but yeah we're looking across the deep and estuary here and we're up at Melton looking down across the mud flats and the, the, the tide is out so it's all very tidal here and you can see all the little footprints of the, the birds in the mud it's, I just think it's the most magical location and very well used it's really popular for people walking dog walking jogging it's a really well used p- uh, part of uh, the county I like this spot also because I did a project some years ago where if you were a wheelchair user there was a, a section of the route that you couldn't get through because there were steps. We did a project probably about 10 years ago where we got rid of the steps and leveled it all out. So it's now gives you a route that's probably about three miles long, fully accessible for wheelchair users and pushchair users from Melton Station, past Woodbridge Station, down to a place called Kyson Point. And I just think it's the most fantastic location. Do you know, the, the, the tide is out at the moment, and so, as you say, over there, a couple of geese, as they're, they're splodging their way across the mud. I love the mud. It, it sounds silly, doesn't it? But it, when it's shiny, yes. it's almost more beautiful than when the, the water is in. And I love the sound of the waders, you know? You can hear curlews, oyster yes. catchers. It, it is. There's so much wildlife around. And you're right, we're, we're at this special time of year, aren't we? It's April, uh, the birds are here, the waders are out. Uh, and as the, as the water recedes, of course, they come up and you, you see them on the mud banks. And I love that that changing characteristic. You know, in, in a few hours' time, this will look so different, yeah. so, so different. But at the moment, the water is, it, it looks like it's almost low, 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 low tide. tide. Yeah, really, really low does, tide. Yeah. It looks as if there's never been water no. here at all. And I love the old wrecks, because you've got the old wrecks that are still yes. submerged, that have been there for years. Yeah, no, Woodbridge is it's such a working environment with, with the boats and the, and the marinas and stuff, and all the moored boats. We can see them in the distance. One of my favourite, the Deben Cafe, is down there, actually, which is a, a moored boat where you can get a nice cup of tea. Uh, but but I do love the fact that it's a very lived-in riverside, riverfront environment. It's not just a tourist trail, as it were. It's more than that. And some of the people who live here, their gardens literally back right onto the river path itself. So it is magical. And, of course, just across the way, we've got the uh, the banks of Sutton Hoo. Sutton Hoo, yeah. looking over that. And, and they've got their lookout tower now, so you can actually look back mm. this way. Should we, you mentioned cups of tea. Should we, should we head that along oh, the a, path? The dog is idea. impatient Let's to move. He's, he's whining away as we go. So, so d- tell me about your jobs, because you've done various jobs uh, within the council, haven't you? And, and then yeah. you looked after Brandon Park. But, yeah. Um, well, I joined the council 
well, 15 years ago. <laughs> I just worked that out. Uh, 15 years ago, back in 2008 it was, I joined the council um, as what was then called Access, it's a long title, it was Access Development Manager, but it was all about improving access into the countryside. And the job I do now is kind of the same thing, although the, 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 the job itself has changed character somewhat. And you're right, I had three years out when uh, I managed Brandon Country Park, which was fantastic, fantastic country park, way up near Thetford on the Norfolk border. Uh, we used to get loads of people come in there for events, activities, lots of school children, which is really rewarding because if you get kids in the countryside when they're young, it becomes a normal kind of environment for them, if that makes sense. Whereas if kids haven't experienced the countryside at a young age, they can get a bit sort of fearful of it as they get older. So we would do all kinds of interactive events where you got to make crafts or create work of of arts or whatever. We did a great event where you'd forage for your own ingredients to make a cream tea, in fact. So that was really fun. But yeah, that was a good time. But yeah, the whole the job itself is about improving access into the countryside, literally resurfacing footpaths and bridleways and then promoting people to go out and, and use those paths. And we're very lucky in Suffolk. I mean, it's a brilliant county for, for walking, isn't it? I love, I love the fact that you can head off on a footpath and you can be in the middle of the countryside not know where the roads are. It's like a whole different county. It is. You can really escape the crowds if you want to. And I, I certainly know how to, where to go to do that. <laughs> I've got my special walks, as it were. Um, but you're right, we, we've, what we've got in Suffolk is a really ancient network of public rights away. Public rights away are legally protected routes, footpaths and bridleways and byways. They're all protected in law. You can't just stop one up or, or move one. You, you know, they're, they're protected. Um, and the network we've got is ancient. I mean, it goes back thousands of years. We've got uh, something called the Icknield Way, which is over on the west of the county. That route is supposed to be 6,000 years old. So if you walk on the Icknield Way, you're walking in the footprints of people that have walked there for 6,000 years, which is an incredible thought. It really is. So, and, and that side of things is something that you try to reflect in the walking festival, isn't it? I mean, you mentioned your forage walks and your cream tea walks, and, and there are things like that as part of it. You've got jaunts as well as walks, haven't you? We have on the launch day, actually, we have, we have a series of launch jaunts. But the flavour of the festival is that it's not just going for a walk with somebody at the front and somebody at the back sort of guiding you around. It's very much about interpreting the landscape, if that makes sense. It's very much about telling the stories that make Suffolk so very, very special. So it's about talking about the poets the historians the artists that have lived here we do walks down in constable yes i don't know if you can hear that the burble of the oyster catchers yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, so very much telling those stories uh, on every walk to to, to sort of bring it to life really and also reveal to us the people in suffolk what suffolk is, is all about you know what makes it so special just walking along here, I mean, as you say, this is this is an inhabited area. I mean, you've got boatyards on your right and the reeds on your right and then the mud flats on your left. And, and it's lovely to be able to see this, but also to not be miles away from other people. It is, actually, yeah. This is sort of that sort of they call it the peri-urban environment you know it's sort of on the it's the sort of the techie term for it but it's we're on the edge of the urban environment of woodbridge which which sort of blends into to melton itself but here yeah if you look sort of to our left you could be in i'm in the middle of nowhere it's so beautiful you look to our right now you're right it's a working environment with the boat docks and the houses and offices and industry and so on so it's a real mix of characters this area and that's i think that's why i like it so much if we if we actually carry walking in the opposite direction we completely lose the traffic along that way, but you can only go so far. Eventually the path stops at a railway line, but you can only go so far, but it, it really does. You do really lose the crowds up there. It's, it's extraordinary. 
So, so walking has always been part of your life. Did you even like it as a youngster? Well, uh, yeah, my, my family uh, lived in North London in Harrow, or area called Wildstone, uh, specifically an area called Belmont Circle. Um, and it's a very urban environment. But next to where we live, there was a disused railway line, and that was our playground as kids. So from a really young age, we were out playing in the... They called it the old Rattler, this railway line, because years ago, in the 1960s, the train used to rattle as it went up the line. Yeah. So it kept its name as the old Rattler. And that was our playground. The old Rattler led you to Stanmore Golf Course, and we used to play all around the golf course... <laughs> I mean, we did things that were naughty as kids, you know, running across greens and fairways, but we knew it inside out. We had all these areas that we would hide and we named them. This is before the years of Star Wars. We had the light side and the dark side <laughs> on Stanmore Golf Course. And so we were ahead of our time. And then from there, you could walk on up to Bentley Priory, which was very famous in the Second World War. That was a play area as well where they had cattle roaming. And from there, you could go right up to Stanmore Common. So there's this network of green space, even in north london and that was our playground so we we were out all the time there's a huge i say my parents gave us a huge amount of freedom to just explore and be out and about so we were really lucky really lucky as kids the nice thing about walking it's the same if you're on a bike to a certain extent as well as so you, you see things you wouldn't i, I know mm. during lockdown we talked a lot about this didn't we people were out in their own neighborhoods and you saw the area through different eyes like if we walk here along here you see the dead nettles and you see the flowers and hear the reeds and you when you're zipping through in a car you just miss a lot of it you don't see it do you, you really don't because you're cocooned aren't you in a car with all the windows up and the air can't smell on. The, the grass smell from no it's just you and the radio <laughs> <laughs> but it's um but no i think you're right and i think that's partly why i said earlier about liking slow walking when you go on a, a gradual walk a, a sort of an amble rather than a hike you see a lot more and like we were hearing the oyster catchers a minute ago you stop and you look and it's really pleasurable actually but yeah you you see nature as well you and you see the seasons things are coming out now the blackthorns all in blossom at the moment it's really stunning this time of year i really like it but you're right it's that slow walking things happen right in front of you that's probably because we're not as fit as we were i mean well, yes. <clears throat> i'm taking on the all world challenge this year <clears throat> which is 25 miles and i haven't done much walking so i'm going to be using the walking festival as a training ground. Oh, brilliant. The, 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 all we, we've done the oil challenge before, haven't we, you we and have. I? But um, it's quite hard. I, was, I don't know if you found I always found the last mile was really difficult. It's just that last <laughs> thing you think, is it never going to... I've done it in pouring rain. I've done it in really hot weather as well. And you do that, because that, it breaks it. They break it up, don't they, into four or yes. five mile sort of sections. And, but that last five miles, it feels oh, like ten. <laughs> um, but you're right. I, I know a lot of people that use the walking festival as a bit of a training programme to do things like that. So they do some shorter walks uh, building up to longer walks through the program or I've had people who've done shorter walks one year and then the next year they come back and do the longer walks so they use it as a way to test themselves which is really nice actually that people use it in that way and in a way loyal to the festival and use it to, to improve their fitness which is really good. We're just curving round the river, so on the banks of River Deep, and we've got a, a really old rotten hulk sunk into the mud to our left. There's a bench here as well, which is a lovely area for people to come and sit uh, as well. My, my dog is pulling me along. And then on the right, we've got, now we've got a boatyard. And I don't, don't know whether you can hear, but I love that tapping of the halyards you can hear. It's wonderful, isn't it, that sound? You really know that where you are. There's a sense of place here, isn't there? With As you say, the, we've got the wind sort of gently breezing past us, the sound of the boats as well, the sound of the waders. It's, it's fantastic. It's very evocative, I think, this environment. It really is. I love it. And I love... I think this reflects Suffolk, that the Suffolk coast is full of these estuaries. It's what makes us 
quite unique amongst other counties. You know, other counties, of course, have big estuaries, but there's not many that have the estuaries that we have in the, in the number that we have. Here we're on the Deben, further south we've got the Store, uh, we've got the, um, the Orwell, of course, and then further north from here we've got the Blythe, and we've got the, uh, the Ald as well, and various others. So it's a really, really special landscape for us. Continuing our walk along the River Deben, uh, looking ahead to the Walking Festival with David Falk. This is the Suffolk Money podcast supported by Kingsfleet. And uh, talking about your, your day job, I mean, is it Discover Suffolk? What's your title? Well, my title is Green Access Manager and I, I run a, um, a website called Discover Suffolk and through that we do different kind of activities. We produce walking guides. We work with a lot of villages around Suffolk to produce an, a guide to their village and a series of walking trails around the village. Um, we also do a lot of work on social media through Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and so on. I keep getting told I have to do TikTok. I haven't got there yet, Leslie. <laughs> you need to dance. I, I haven't done it either. I think you need to be able to dance yeah. to do TikTok. Well, I can't dance. So. <laughs> um, and the, the sort of the new project we're doing through the, our Discover Suffolk project we call it discover suffolk because the name of our department is the rights away and access team that doesn't really roll off the tongue so we, our, our brand is discover suffolk but our new project through that is qr codes which everyone's kind of used to using now as a result i think of covid and lockdown and using qr codes and apps we've got really used to that technology so we're now embarking on a project to create qr code trails so as you do a walk you see a qr code you can zap it and then that will link you to it might be a bit of video or historic photo or music or soundscape or something really exciting and different or some video uh, that tells you about the place where you're in. So somewhere like here, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're walking up by the Deben, we might have some video of what this looks like in the summer, for example, or in the winter on a really frosty day. Um, or some sounds of the birds, for example, to help you know what you're listening to. That kind of thing. That's the new project we're doing. I, I guess that's come about because... The coverage of, of networks across the county now, phones, phone signals, most places you can get a signal these days, whereas once upon a time you couldn't. It's got much, much better. And we've got a, a walking app, actually, which you can download for free. It's the Discover Suffolk app. It's a walking app. Well, it's just like a sat-nav. You know, it guides you around the county. It even talks to you, actually, this, this app does. It will tell you when to turn left and when to turn right. That works offline, which is fantastic. So you can use that because it uses just GPS. It uses satellite signals. You don't need a signal for that. The QR codes, yeah, we'll... we'll have to be a bit careful where we put them so that they work with signals but you're right that the coverage actually is getting pretty good um i've been in the middle of the king's forest and getting 5g so it's quite extraordinary um, where, where the signal was really strong so that's why we i think now's the time to do a qr code trail maybe 10 years ago it wouldn't have worked but now's the time to do it and you must mention because uh, we were lucky enough to appear on uh, claire claire um oh my dog's just found oh, i think he's spotted something under the under there because we were lucky enough to go on uh, Claire Balding's Ramblings programme on Radio 4, weren't we? We were. It was good to see how professional, does it? <laughs> um, she didn't take her dog, I have no, she didn't say. take her dog, no. Um, I can see why. <laughs> that, that, that was brilliant fun, actually, because she, um, she... Well, her producer, Maggie, approached me to do a, one of her podcasts called The Ramblings, which is a fantastic show. It's on BBC Sounds, um, and you can download it on all different podcast channels as well. And it's great because she goes out walking with different people and tells different stories. And um, I don't know if I told you this, actually, Lizzie. They approached me and said, do you want to do it? I said, yes. They said, do you want to bring a friend? I said, yes, I know exactly the person to come with me. And that's when I rang you thank up. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> this is perfect. Oh, we've got a big puddle again. We can, this is our puddle that we... 
go around, try not to go through. The dog doesn't mind going through it. We have to wade around it as well. And the noise you can hear as well, the uh, engine is, uh, be, uh, we're going past a boatyard and they've got a, a great big crane with a hoist and they've uh, obviously just moved a boat and put it on its, I guess it'll be going in the water at some stage. So yeah, rambling stupid. It was an amazing event, wasn't it? Because Claire Balding, she really did the walk. She turned up and, and we stomped off at quite a we speed, did. didn't we? Yeah, well, I planned a route around an area called the King's Forest, which is just next to Westo Country Park. So it's in the... Um, well, dog's getting very excited by this uh, crane. <laughs> I'm scared, um, I think. <laughs> so it's it's an area just in the northwest of the county, near Th- not far from Thetford. Oh, stop it, Wolfie. <laughs> <laughs> Decided it's going to protect me. It didn't like the man with the crane. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we did a, a lovely walk um, around King's Forest uh, near Westo Country Park, just north of Bury St Edmunds. And it's a gorgeous environment. It's, it's full of pine trees and woodlands of mixed woodlands of oak trees and silver birch. Um, it's a really interesting environment, really interesting wildlife there as well. And yeah, we went for uh, about a two hour walk. But I think after about an hour, I remember Claire turned around and said, I think we've got enough material. And I said, are you sure? She said, you haven't stopped talking. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Suffolk Money podcast with me, Leslie Dolphin, and I'm out and about taking a gentle stroll today, looking ahead to Suffolk's Walking Festival with the organiser, David Falk. I have walked, as I mentioned before with you, David, um, I've, we, we did a 60-mile walk. Just remind, remind, I mean, it's your fault that it all happened. <laughs> well, I remember you um, you wanted to do a walk for, for charity to raise money, and you were looking for a challenge, and do you remember we met up and we, we thrashed out a few ideas here and there and we didn't really come up with anything and then we finished I, I remember going off to a pub in Ipswich and drinking a pint of cider and then suddenly had this brainwave <laughs> it's all down to alcohol <laughs> indeed uh, it was local cider as well I should add <laughs> but um, no I suddenly realised that the coast of Suffolk is about 60 miles long and they say you walk on average three miles an hour and I thought well three's into 60 is 20 so you could do that in one solid day in a 24-hour period so yes so we came up with the idea of doing the coast of Suffolk in 24 hours and there was yourself and myself and two others as well who joined us there was a group of four and it was it was the most fantastic experience and just walking constantly for 24 hours through the day through the night and into the morning was really really special really special just looking now i think we said they were always to catch so i think it's i think it's curly that we can hear and there's this i think that several of them look there yeah, on the mud can you hear them they sound absolutely amazing let me just reel in my little doggies there's another uh, dog owner coming past as well so beautiful and, and i mentioned you are going to have there are some of the walks that are suitable for dogs on on the festival yes. aren't they? it's one of the little key codes that you have yeah, to definitely. tell you how long the walk is how you know how Yes. how tough it is but also how many dogs yeah you can you can bring dogs on lots of the walks what we do is we have lots of walk leaders and the walk leaders decide if it's suitable for a dog or not so some of the walks are definitely suitable some of the more urban ones like in Ipswich perhaps less so perhaps but uh, we, we have variety of walks and not just if they're suitable for dog walkers we have them if they're suitable for push chairs for wheelchairs we tell you if you need to bring a picnic uh, if there'll be a loo on the way if there'll be a cafe on the way and so on so yeah we, we have all the information and we've also introduced step counts 
because I know a lot of people like to measure their step counts. So a lot have, of them have the gadgets, don't yes. they, to tell them how far they've gone. So that's quite useful. So we've added step counts to all of our walks this year as well, so you can work out um, if, if, how far it is in terms of steps, because not everybody thinks in terms of miles and kilometres. So does that mean you've walked all of these walks ready for, for us? So you do, don't you? You scope them out or something? Well, somebody does. Uh, <laughs> not always me. Um, what we have, we have um, 71 walks. Uh, we probably have about 50 walk leaders. Um, so these are different people from around the county who lead the walks. And they have all gone out and scoped their walks and checked them and made sure that they're good and that they go via a pub or a cafe or something. Uh, and they have points of interest. So yeah, someone someone has scoped every one of the uh, the, the seventy one walks in our program. I don't know because because I was talking about the birds. Whether we got as far as talking about how our sixty mile walk went, but it was amazing, wasn't it? It was really good. We started, I don't know if you remember we started off and there was a howling gale and it nearly blew it was us. An off. amber weather warning, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. We nearly got blown off course. One of our party, Nick, he, he was wearing a bright orange cagoule, which was in shreds by the time he got to Southwold Pier. All I can um, remember is trying to follow behind him and be shielded <laughs> from the wind, and Nick going flap, flap, flap. It was great fun. Um, and then we got to South. We we left Lowest in rain and wind at about 10am got to Southwold and the sun came out and it was gorgeous after that, absolutely beautiful and then we strolled, strolled, we hiked down to uh, Thorpe Ness and Albra I remember we got fed and watered along the way at different pubs which was great fun um, and then at Albra if you remember the sun set and then we started the night part of the walk and that was pretty magical, walking up something called the Sailor's Path which goes to Snape and then from Snape we went over to um, Tunstall Forest and walking through the forest and I remember at midnight you and Jane, who was the other person in our group you got out some little flasks of whiskey <laughs> <laughs> because th that was the one part of the walk where we didn't have I'm just going to use the facilities here which is a, a bin for dogs there we go, very handy very handy, very handy. <laughs> very handy. Uh, listen to these bears, just, I just don't know if you can hear it It's amazing, one dog as well joining in, but it's Lovely. just phenomenal. I love the sound of the waders. Cyclists and this well. is and cyclists coming this way. Look, it's for for all sorts. Just beware, the dog will probably bark at the cyclists. Hello, <laughs> hello. It's <laughs> good boy. Two younger cyclists. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Whoops. Shouldn't spin off quite into Not the river. There's a good wall into the river, fortunately, as well. Yeah, I, I mean that, that walk was amazing, and it was that it was the secret is stopping every so often, and you do that, don't you? A lot of your walks on the on the festival start or end at a pub, or at least have they a cup do. of tea somewhere along the way. Yeah, we, we want to showcase the businesses, the tourism businesses of Suffolk. So sorry, we're just negotiating a, a big puddle. <laughs> don't fall in. Um, we, the whole point of the festival is is not just to talk about the stories and the histories of, of uh, the history of Suffolk but also um, visit the tourist attractions the pubs the cafes the the village shops that sort of thing and showcase what makes Suffolk special in terms of its businesses as well so yeah we'll often try and encourage the walk leaders to stop at the pub or start at the pub even and finish at a pub or stop or start at the um, um, the village shop or something like that so yeah we try and include those stops along the way definitely because it breaks it up and when we did the 60 mile walk I remember there, you, you saying actually about, let's not think of it as 60 miles. Let's think of it in terms of 
we've just got to go five miles to this place and then from there it's another two miles or three miles and that mentally that really helped break the journey up and made it easier i think and, and manageable so i'm sure today if you said walk 60 miles i'd say you must be must be, must be mad <laughs> must yeah be mad. <laughs> never but uh, but that really helped actually so yeah trying psychologically in that walk trying to break it up into smaller chunks made a huge difference huge difference a, a little duck terrier going past it's obviously been in the mud it's got sort of boots on it's wearing, wearing boots <laughs> as well uh, fortunately wolf is on his lead and he's definitely not going to go swimming uh, and it's it, you reflect that there's sort of the different times of day as well because there are some evening events aren't there because yeah. we mentioned the sailors path uh, that you'd organized from and that was an amazing experience to mm. just hear the river but at night and the pigs snoring that we yes. came across uh, sort of in the middle of the night we couldn't see them could we we could hear them it was yeah. really something yeah we we've got a few evening walks and night walks as well we've got one special night walk we're doing at thornham walks actually and um we do a bit of night magic so as well as stargazing uh and talking about the 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 the, the, the sort of nocturnal life of, of animals and stuff we do a little bit of night magic it's quite a special strange sound that <laughs> it's the tide coming in and the boat, is. there are boats moored along the pontoons and i think it's the squeaking as they're slowly uh-huh. rising up against the pontoons I and mean, we're doing a walk that uh, listens to bird song in the evening as well so you have the dawn chorus and then of course you have the uh, the dusk uh, chorus as well so we're doing one doing a walk in the evening that'll be actually just across here that'll be at sutton who we're doing that i noticed that one it's one i might book into so so for people who haven't found out much about it not too late although i think quite a few of the walks are getting sold we, out aren't they they are we we've sold out on a lot of the walks i think is just over 50 of the walks in the 71 in the program are actually sold out we've sold nearly 90 percent of our tickets which is extraordinary. We're not like Glastonbury, you know, we don't normally sell out in five minutes or anything. Normally it's a slow burner, if that makes sense. Um, And normally by the end of the festival, we've sold hopefully about 90% of our tickets. This year, we've already sold nearly 90% and we've got another month to go. So it's proven really, really popular, which is fantastic. So yes, but there are still tickets available. And I've also, I say to some people, if there's a walk that really catches your eye and you're absolutely keen as mustard to do it, Give us a call. Get in touch. We might be able to squeeze one or two extra on where it's special. We can do that. And a lot of the people that do the guiding for you are volunteers, aren't they? They are. There's a few organisations involved, like the National Trust and the RSPB are involved. But actually, most of our walk leaders are volunteers. They're people in villages who are really active in their village community. And they have a real passion for their village and their location and they guide the walks it's them who actually come out and guide the walks and although they're you know they're they're volunteers they actually are incredibly knowledgeable and enthusiastic about where they live and in their own right they're historians of where they live which is fantastic so uh quick get your skates on i think if you want to go along and it's it's brilliant for the county because it is locals but it's also people coming back for their holidays for this isn't yeah. it you are pulling people into the county we get people from all over the country i know anecdotally speaking to people during the festival we've had people from liverpool who've come down to make a holiday of of the of suffolk and, and around the festival i know we've had people who visit friends in suffolk but they say we'll come to you in may when the festival's on and combine it with that and that's another element of the festival it brings money into the county so we actually do an economic impact assessment, they call it, of the festival. Last year's festival brought in about £160,000 into the county. 
and our costs are very very low you know working with volunteers we don't have a lot of costs to put the festival on we do have some costs hence we charge for some of our walks not all of them many of the, about a third of them are free but we but the people that come here they will stay here they'll book accommodation they'll go out for dinner and that all brings money into Suffolk which is fantastic I think it's a brilliant festival I love the way it's grown and grown and I'm proud to be the patron and I've yet to book myself in but I certainly will because now I'm retired I've no excuse have I <laughs> well we're, as I said earlier we're, we're super proud to have you as the patron and thank you for doing that Leslie but yes no book it book in and uh, yeah we'll, we'll get you booked in actually look at this we, we've reached the Deben we've done it cafe. see we've done it we've done slow walking <laughs> with the dog we're now at the Deben cafe bar on HMS Vale I canoed past the other side once upon a time so should we go on board? Should I buy you a cup of tea? That's a brilliant idea. Let's do that. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, and the website for the walking festival, you just search for Suffolk Walking Festival. You'll really, find don't it. You? It is, it is www.suffolkwalkingfestival.co.uk. So that's David Falk there, who is strolling and chatting with my colleague Leslie Dolphin about the wonderful Suffolk Walking Festival. And although I used to love running, I can't do it right now, the lovely thing with a walk is you have the time to take in everything that is around you. So don't forget that at Suffolk Money, we're always open to your suggestions. So if you know of a charity, a business, an inspiring individual, an entrepreneur, a community group, or anything that we might be interested in which brings an interesting story or a fascinating subject, then please do get in touch. You can contact us through our website, which is suffolkmoney.co.uk, through Twitter or through Facebook, and we'd be really pleased to hear from you. As ever, this does not happen by just one or two people getting together, but there's a whole team behind who put this wonderful podcast together. So I'm indebted, as always, to Sally and Kevin Birch for all of their hard work and for Joy Day, who ensures that everything goes online in a timely fashion. And, of course, I want to thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed it, please do give us a five-star review on the podcast provider that you are using and let your friends know about what we do. And I hope that they'll be able to join us online as well. So until the next time, please uh, stay well, look after yourselves, and it's a goodbye from us. Mm -hmm.